This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. All the crises we see playing out with this Biden administration, and one part of it that you have to remember is that they have no plan to deal with any of this, right? They're, they're not good at fixing things. Not only are they causing the crises, but they don't respond well to the crises. What's the answer to, we're worried about inflation. Oh, don't worry. It'll just be a, a little temporary inflation. Oh, how are you going to stop people from flooding across the border? Oh, no big deal. We'll just build more facilities for all the people illegally crossing and then release them even faster in the United States. Right? When you understand that they don't view the end state here the same way you do, it all becomes so much more clear. I am worried uh, about the economy these days, and you know that, but there is also still a lot of opportunity out there, especially if you're in the markets. I've got friends who are talking about a melt-up thesis where you're in the last months of a, of a crazy, frenzied run, and you can make a lot of money in that, right? Well, you've got to talk to my buddies at Carnivore Trading. All you have to do is sign up, and you'll see what the several key indicators are that make them think that some of the biggest profits are going to come in Wall Street sectors that a lot of experts are missing. Carnivore Trading is an elite squad of strategists, and they influence major Wall Street investors. I'm getting text messages from them all day long, and I'm taking action based upon what I know these guys at Carnivore are doing. I want the best, and so that's why I go with Carnivore. I mirror their trades with my discount broker. You can do the same. Remember, a lot of their trades crush the S&P 500. It's pretty routine for them to do so. They guarantee you'll earn five times your monthly subscription or double your money back. It's just a subscription. You pay it monthly. They text you their trades that they're making. You follow their trades. You get that upside. Five X your monthly fee is what they guarantee just by mirroring their trades. The market looks to be on the verge of a big upswing here. Get off the sidelines and mirror Carnivore's trades today. You can get two weeks of this service free. Just go to GetOurTrades.com and use promo code BUCK. That's GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. See website for guaranteed terms and conditions, past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. When the Trump administration negotiated the Remain in Mexico agreement, the numbers plummeted. Now, the Remain in Mexico agreement didn't magically end poverty in the Northern Triangle. The Remain in Mexico agreement didn't magically cause the cartels, they're committing horrific acts of crimes in the Northern Triangle, to disappear. What the Remain in Mexico policy did is it was an agreement with the government of Mexico that people who crossed illegally, primarily from the Northern Triangle, from Central America through Mexico, that they would remain in Mexico while their U.S. asylum cases were proceeding. And it was an incredible success. Frankly, the success exceeded any reasonable expectations. The numbers plummeted and they stayed low. They stayed low month after month after month after month. It was a success. Now you suddenly see the numbers skyrocketing. It wasn't suddenly poverty returned to the Northern Triangle. It wasn't suddenly these vicious murdering cartels rediscovered they were vicious murdering cartels. What happened is Joe Biden put his hand on the Bible and put his right hand in the air and repudiated the policies that were working, ripped that international agreement to shreds, and that caused the spike. That is the one and only cause. Biden, cause and effect, friends. When we're talking about the border, it couldn't be more clear. And the senator from Texas, Senor Cruz, es en fuego. He gets it. He sees it. He knows. He understands as a Texan and as a constitutional lawyer and senator 
exactly what happened here. But anybody who's been paying attention, anyone who's honest about this, knows that the Biden administration is the reason why we had close to 180,000 people apprehended last month at our southern border. 180,000 people. Remember, there are also all the gotaways, hundreds and hundreds a day, sometimes a thousand a day. And those are individuals who are just getting across the border and not getting caught that we know about. Think about the smuggling that goes on. Think about the human trafficking, the cartel activity that Border Patrol and ICE don't even know about. That's also going on. It's a mess. It's a disaster. And it is the clear and direct result of the Biden administration essentially ringing the dinner bell in America and saying, who wants free food? We all see it. We get it. We know what happened here. Skip the immigration line. Claim asylum at the border. It works. It works for people who cross illegally, those who don't want to go through our actual process. And so they're going to keep doing it. Cause and effect. This is reality. This is what is happening. Why did the remain in Mexico policy work so well? See, this goes to the heart of the essential, uh, the, the fundamental lie that Democrats were telling during the Trump administration about what was happening at the border. Their narrative was these are all asylum seekers and they know if they go home, they will be subject to uh, political or, or criminal persecution, violence and and essentially, it's a, it's a question of safety, right? Asylum exists for people who, if they don't get access into a place like the U.S., are, are likely to face severe harm and or be killed, and perhaps their families as well. So it's really a sacred thing. It it's really goes to the, uh, the core of our humanitarian impulse for our, our fellow human beings. Asylum in these cases is being abused. And you have to understand that the people who are claiming asylum, who are sometimes even reading off a sheet of paper, I have a credible fear of violence in my home country of insert the blank. They are posing as those who would jump off a ship, you know, within sight of America, knowing that if they were taken back to their home country, they may be tortured and killed. They're posing as those people and they are not those people. There is no reason for them not to go through our legal immigration system other than it's arduous, it's annoying, it's time-consuming. But if everybody just decides they're not going to do it, we don't have an immigration system anymore. So why did the Remain in Mexico policy work so well? The numbers make this very clear. It's because the, the moment you took out this this loophole policy that was started really just for kids who are at the border that you will take people in and they can claim defensive asylum and say, oh, no, I know I cross in your country illegally, but if I go home, I'm going to be subject to persecution and violence. They, they said that's what was going on. It was not true in hundreds of thousands of cases. They were just economic migrants seeking better job opportunities and stuff. And I always say this. I do not begrudge people this. I understand why they want this. And that, they, you know, that doesn't make anybody worthy of of criticism or or thinking any any less of them. 
But we can't have everyone just breaking our laws and forgetting that we have an immigration process or else do we even have sovereignty as a country? You know, if Democrats really want to keep going down this pathway, which I think, unfortunately, they do, they're going to have to eventually argue for why do we even have an immigration system? What's the point of it? If everyone gets to stay, why do we pretend that anyone doesn't get to stay? Remain in Mexico made it so that you could not, and the Trump administration figured this out, you could not immediately gain access into the U.S. by crossing illegally at the southern border and then game the system by either not showing up or just or you can show up and then not show up for your next hearing. I mean, there's all these different phases. Gaming the system did not get you what you wanted if if once we're made in Mexico rent went into effect, because now you actually had an a, a entry into the U.S. for an asylum hearing. And if it did not go the way of the individual who wanted asylum, they were immediately subject to deportation back across the southern border. So it took out the loophole, essentially real asylees. Sure, they, they would they could be granted the right to stay in the U.S. forever. I mean, people that you know were speaking out against MS-13 in a newspaper in Honduras or something. I mean, there are people who should get asylum. Under our laws. But those with phony asylum claims no longer were able to exploit a weak seam in the system. What did the Biden team do when they came in? Kick that weak seam as hard as you can, break it wide open, and this is the result. And Ted Cruz knows it. You know it. I know it. Play 19. Kamala Harris has been to the Canadian border as vice president but not the southern border. The last I checked, we don't have a crisis of thousands of Canucks coming south across the border. This is a dereliction of duty. It is deliberate, and they don't intend to fix it. They don't intend to fix it because they have promised the radicals they will have open borders and they will not enforce our laws, and that is endangering the people of my home state of Texas. It's endangering people all across the country. It is unacceptable. It is inhumane. And it's wrong. All true. This is the kind of fire in the belly that we need from Republicans on this issue, on on all the swirling crises now around the Biden administration. They want people to think that everything's under control. They want you to believe that good old Amtrak Joe is the engineer. and We just have to sit on the train and he'll make the choo choo go in the right direction. That's just not the case. He was never up for this job. He's not up for this job. He won't be up for it. But they were able to use him in the moment for their purposes of achieving power and defeating Trump. And now we are stuck with the result. The left doesn't want the border to be secure. They don't even talk about border security anymore. That was just a talking point they used in the past to pretend that there was some common ground so that they could continue the incremental chipping away of our actual border security and get us to this point where now we have a de facto open border. And they know that over the long run, this has enormous political implications that benefit the Democrat Party. So that's why this is happening. We have to first understand the, the fundamental reality of these situations and particularly of the southern border before we can get back to how about fixing it? Senator Martha Blackburn of Tennessee has introduced uh, the reinstating, essentially, the Trump policies. 
the Trump era migrant protection protocol. She's saying, let's do it. The Migrant Protection Protocols Mandatory Act is what it is called. This bill would require migrants without proper documentation to stay in Mexico. This is just bring back, remain in Mexico. This would fix the problem. There would still be unaccompanied minors. See, I actually know how this works. There would still be unaccompanied minors coming across the border, but not the family units, not the, you know, the individuals who are claiming defensive asylum. So you would cut this down dramatically. You'd see an 80, 90 percent reduction in the first month or two, in my opinion, of the reintroduction, a reintroduction rather of this protocol. And yet who wants to place a bet whether the Biden administration will do this or not? They will do nothing to secure the border. They're going to keep on waving in as many people who break our laws as they can until the midterms really get in sight. And then they'll pose as reasonable to avoid the judgment of that sane center of America that is still persuadable that Joe Biden is an ignorant old buffoon. Hey, look, in a little over 100 days, we went from a secure border to crisis. We went from energy independence to lines at the pump. And now we went from peace in the Middle East to hundreds of rockets fired by terrorists on our best ally, actually over a thousand rockets being fired on our best ally, Israel. This is exactly what happens, as you said, when we project weakness from the Oval Office. It is not a good situation, but the American people see it for what it is, and that's why they're demanding change. And I think as we look ahead, frankly, you're going to see the Republicans take back the House next year because of all the turmoil they see coming as a result of this administration's policies. I hope Jim Jordan is right about what will happen. He's certainly right about his assessment of what is happening in terms of the Biden administration. And it's not remember, these are not just crises that it seems like the Biden team can't handle. But they're also, in some cases, clearly either caused by the Biden decision making apparatus, which is not just Joe Biden, as you know, there are all these puppeteers around him who make the little marionette or the the old kind of decrepit marionette dance around, uh, but also in response to just Biden being the president. Right? That's certainly pushing, for example, uh, uh, some of the, the wolves around the world, terrorist organizations, the Iranians, what we see going on now with with Hamas, pushing them to take more action than they would under a Trump administration. As I've said all along, there's something to be said for a guy who is a little bit unpredictable. I'm always reminded of the line in Tombstone where they say, uh, where they say, let's keep Doc, meaning Doc Holliday, on the street howitzer, the shotgun. They'll be a little less jumpy that way. Essentially, you want to give your guy the, you, know, you, you want your machine gunner to be somebody who isn't afraid to use it. You know what I mean? And with Trump, you have a situation where or you had a situation where enemies recognized an unpredictability and also an an aggressiveness that could have been an an aggression that could have been an issue for them had they transgressed against America with Biden. You know, he wants to get us back in deep with the Iranians. You know, he wants to create a, a phony, a phony Iran deal pox. Irania, which is not going to actually work out in our favor in the long run. But nonetheless, they don't know how to fix these things. And in fact, on the gas crisis, another thing that's come up this week, it's more the response from the Biden team than it is anything they've 
they did to get us to this point, although they did cancel the Keystone XL pipeline, which goes to the mentality of fossil fuel is somehow bad. And here is what um, here is what uh, Biden says about this gas crisis. Play 17. I'd also point out that I think what this shows is that uh, I think we have to uh, make a greater investment in education as it relates to being able to train and graduate more people proficient in cybersecurity. Yeah, that's a that's a really good answer to the crisis. Let's let's have an initiative to have more cybersecurity people graduating from schools. Look, it's very likely that however this uh, this intrusion came about, it was probably probably uh, engineer social engineering of some kind or, or a usage of human error to get access into the system. I don't think that's going to solve it. But you know what the government could do is have greater redundancy and 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 essentially understand that our energy infrastructure is fossil fuel based see they they don't want to accept that they want to take us to a place where we're we're phasing out pipelines we're phasing out fossil fuels natural gas all these things because they believe oh by 2050 we're going to be you know carbon neutral whatever it is i mean the dates come on the, the dates will change a million times between now and when we actually get to 2050 all the numbers will shift that's what they'll have to do because it will not be what they say it will be it's not going to work the way they say it will work and yet what is their what is their approach to all of this to talk about how we need investments in green energy and to say that we need more help with cyber. I have to tell you, I think this is absurd, but get ready for this uh, administration to have all the support of the hack journal media that spent three years, give or take, because really they, then they focused on COVID more and blaming Trump for all that, on the Russia collusion lies. Anytime you see Democrats changing the subject to something that it's that they don't really care about and has something to do with Trump. Just remember, they still suffer from Trump derangement syndrome. Here's Claire McCaskill, play 21. You know, and I got to tell you the truth. If one of these Republicans has the nerve to talk about cancel culture with what they're doing to Liz Cheney, I would use such an unladylike word right now if I could. I mean, <laughs> F them. You know, I mean, what about that? They want to they lecture us about Dr. Seuss and the cancel culture, and they are canceling her. They are canceling Liz Cheney because she has the audacity to tell the truth. Shame on all of them. I mean, she's a moron, McCaskill. She's, an, she's actually just not very smart. Cancel culture isn't when people take a voice vote to remove you from a leadership position in Congress but you still keep your job. No one says that, you know, you should be kicked out of all society. No one calls you a racist. No one says you're a bigot. That's cancel culture. But notice that they don't even know what it is. They're so used to just wielding it against their political opponents. Oh, and Jen Psaki's really upset about it, too. Play 15. 
Let's start with the facts. Uh, more than 80 judges across the country threw out lawsuits attempting to overturn the outcome of the election. And on January 6th, uh, you know, this moment in history, we're looking at their hearings on Capitol Hill about the events on January 6th. Our nation's capital was attacked, our democracy was attacked, and six people lost their lives. So it's disturbing to see any leader, regardless of party, being attacked for simply speaking the truth. And as the president said last week, uh, it's hard to understand. Uh, but our belief, his belief, is that the American people will have to make their own decisions about whether the reaction by the people they elected to represent them should be embracing and elevating conspiracies and attacks on our democracy, or whether it should be standing up for ideals that have historically been owned by both Democrats and Republicans representing the country throughout history. I cannot let this go. We're going to dive into now. Jen Psaki's smears lies and propaganda about Liz Cheney and the insurrection. You know what's at the top of my to-do list this week? And the one thing I'm really looking forward to, having some filet mignon that's going to be the most tender, juicy, flavorful meat I've had in a long time, courtesy of Moink. That's right. I just take them out of my freezer, and I know that I have the best grass-fed and grass-finished beef you can get anywhere, plus lamb, pastured pork, and chicken, this is top quality. I mean, I'm so thankful that whenever it's time to make some really good protein for myself, I've got the delicious stuff from Moink, the best. Their animals are raised outdoors. Their fish swim wild in the ocean. And Moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you find in the meat aisle that's prepackaged. Moink was founded by an eighth-generation farmer who was actually featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted, and I totally agree. And Jamie Siminoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink. All right, so this is an independent, not big agra, family farms. You need to support them and have the best meat, best chicken, best beef you'll get anywhere. Have it delivered right to your door in a box. It's so easy and straightforward. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash buck right now, and listeners to this show get free ground beef for a year. That's one of the best uh, deals you're going to get anywhere. This is amazing, amazing ground beef. M-O-I-N-K box.com slash buck. That's moinkbox.com slash buck. How concerned are you that the former President Trump might end up back in the Oval Office, and what are you prepared to do to prevent uh, I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. We have seen the danger uh, that he continues to provoke with his language. Uh, we have seen his lack of commitment and dedication to the Constitution. Uh, and I think it's very important that we make sure whomever we elect is somebody who will be faithful to the Constitution. Why is Liz Cheney playing into the hands of the left, the socialists, the authoritarians, increasingly just the straight up commies in the Democrat Party and the media and across the country? Why do this? Why give them what they want? I think you can come up with a number of, of plausible answers. Ego, bitterness, desire for power. It might sound crazy, but in an era where we just had President Trump come out of seemingly nowhere in, in the political world and become the actual president of the United States. Doesn't it feel like anything's possible? Maybe in Liz Cheney's warped mind, even 
she would get further than than even dad did as VP to become the full on president of the United States. Yeah, that's possible, isn't it? I, I had mentioned before Jen Psaki as the White House press secretary. They pretend that this is the administration that's all about truth. And I have to tell you this. Uh, when they say that six people died in the Capitol Hill riot, which, as we know, was was largely uh, comprised of and I'm talking about the people that actually broke the law, destruction of a destruction of some federal property. They didn't go around, you know, slashing priceless paintings, but, you know, they broke some doors and windows, which is not OK. And I'm never going to say that's OK. You can't do that. That's a criminal act. Um, and and trespassing and selfie taking, which is not a crime, but I'm just saying that's the kind of stuff that went on. They were not armed. There was no use of of lethal force against law enforcement. There was the use of lethal force against a protester shot in the neck through a door. You imagine imagine if imagine if a cop in Portland, if one of those federal officers, when there was that deployment last summer of federal law enforcement by Trump to Portland, when the Antifa lunatics were trying to burn down a federal courthouse. That's what they were trying to do. But imagine if, if a cop from 20 feet away as a guy was, you know, banging on the door of the courthouse or, you know, trying to set a Molotov cocktail alight and throw it against the side of the building. A cop just just shot him right in the neck or right in the head. 20, 20, 30 feet away through a door. I think the media would be very would have a very different feeling about that. It's inexcusable, though. That Jen Psaki says that six people lost their lives in the Capitol Hill riot. People died of heart attacks from a day later. People that had nothing to, nothing to do with actual violence on the side of the protesters that that caused the death. We've we've been through this. Officer Sicknick had it had an aneurysm from stress. Well, cops deal with a lot of stressful situations, okay? It's not murder when a cop has an aneurysm a day after they're doing riot control. Do you think they would say at a BLM riot that, you know, got out of hand? Well, all riots are out of hand, but you see what I'm saying. A BLM protest that got out of hand? You think they would say that it's murder if an officer had a stroke a day later? Six people, six people died, Jen Psaki says. Ah, oh, this, this is the bloody shirt they wave around. It's all a lie. The only person killed as a result of violence in the Capitol Hill riot was Ashley Babbitt. And yet they continue with this. And this is also tied directly to their obsession with Liz Cheney. She's been canceled. She, when you are being used as a club to bludgeon your own side in politics, there's clearly a problem. That's what we're seeing. She has absolutely no interest uh, in, it seems, what the long-term ramifications of this are. Cheney just is on this jihad against Trump and she's not going to let it go. Which then brings me to what this really is about. They, there's an obsession, particularly from, from CNN and from some people in this White House, an obsession with, with keeping the January insurrection as an issue that people are thinking about and concerned about. Now, just recently this week, there was some some testimony about how, you know, white supremacy, this was on Capitol Hill, white supremacy is the biggest national security threat we face or something. This is the people who tell you that are brainwashed and trying to create grounds for further authoritarianism in America. That's a stupid, nonsensical thing to say, 
But you'll you'll have, you know, FBI directors who say it. You'll have all these individuals who work for the government because they know who's in charge right now. And the, the narrative of white supremacy as this imminent threat of overthrow of the government of, of a coup is so satisfying to the Democrats. It, it excuses all of their excesses their viciousness, their insanity, their overreach. It excuses all of it. It justifies all of it. Sorry, we have to do that. We have to treat you, the opposition, the Republicans, the Trump supporters, we have to treat you like you are a clear and present danger to America because you are. We have to treat you like you're not really human. You're not really our fellow Americans because you are. That's the attitude the left has about all of this. And they're looking to justify it. That's the attitude they have about why there's no good faith extended from the other side, really on on any issues these days. They want to control you. They want to shut you down. They want to they they want to cancel you. And Liz Cheney plays right into it. She continues to scratch at the scab of the January 6th riot. And Democrats are saying, great, keep doing it. Keep it going because it justifies the power grab that we are seeing that we're going through right now as a country. You know, we talk about freedom a lot as conservatives. We talk about liberty on the right. We have gone through 12 months of the greatest intrusions on liberty, on constitutional guarantees of our individual rights in my lifetime, and it's not even close. And the media and the Democrat Party who perpetrated all of this are hoping that we don't ever really wake up or that enough of us don't wake up to what they've done and what it what it means for this country going forward. And Liz Cheney, unfortunately, has allowed herself to become a weapon of the oppressive tyrants on the left. And it's shameful and it's sad. Reality is finally starting to set in for some of the lockdowners about masks. It's no longer possible to be a reasonable rational person who's constantly wearing two masks i'm gonna wear two masks i'm on a i'm on a a bike out in the woods by myself and what if the covid finds me and covid is like a heat-seeking missile it'll find me from wherever i need to hide i need to hide from the covid you know there are people who are writing serious articles these days I'm, i'm i'm telling you the truth about uh pandemic ptsd what have i been telling you for six months There is a mass psychological disorder happening. I've been saying this. It's true. It's clear. And now, finally, there are people who are, you know, MDs and experts and and all the rest of it who are saying, you know what? Turns out that there is really an issue here. Um, There's an article Uh, in in the Atlantic, which is usually a left-wing trash journal, Lucy McBride, who's an MD in Washington, D.C., wrote, I tell my patients not to mask their kids outside. For most young people, the social and emotional benefits of taking off masks outdoors greatly outweigh the personal and public health advantages of keeping them on. This is central. This is central to what I've been saying for a year now. They have pretended that everything was a binary, either or. You take the virus seriously or you don't. When every decision they were making for us, 
mandated with the force of law, the force of the state behind it, was a judgment call based upon highly imperfect information that was supposed to be weighing competing goods, competing upside and downside. And yet everything in the lockdown, everything in the pandemic, according to the Fauciites and the Democrats, because we know this was deeply politicized. Remember when they were used to pretend mask wearing is not a political statement? Bull crap. We all know it is. We've all known it is. But remember when, you know, early on, they were acting like they listened to the science. No, no, they don't. They absolutely do not listen to the science. That's why they have problems now. That's why there are issues with their ability to see the statements made by the CDC and say, okay, finally, we'll, we'll calm down. One in five people, according to this article, one in five people experience post-pandemic PTSD especially those who were infected or it's higher than that for those who were infected or quarantined. I've been telling you that this is a mass hysteria and I've been using those words intentionally, clearly, and knowing what I'm, what I'm really trying to imply. I meant it. People have gone nuts. You see it, you know it, it's all over the place. This broke a lot of people emotionally and psychologically. And that's why they were clinging to Fauci's little lab coat. That's why they were begging that little Stalinist Smurf. Please, please tell me it's all going to be okay because they were suffering from a form of mental illness. That's what we've seen. And it's scary, isn't it, to think that our country could fall into that so quickly. It's scary to think that at a, at a clinical level, and here you have an MD writing in the Atlantic about just this and how in other pandemics, it's the same thing. People lost rationality, lost the ability to calculate real risks. And we all suffered as a result because the neurotics on the left made this an anti-Trump statement very early on. And also, I believe, and now this gets into a deeper psychological level, that if you are generally if you're if you're an atheist with tremendous faith in the state, you te- you were a lockdowner, an all out lockdowner, because you believe that the government, the experts in the government were going to keep you alive and that all we had to do was give up all of our rights, give up all of our decision making to people who work in the government and we'd be safe because the notion of living your life and accepting that we are all on borrowed time. A lot of leftists have a tremendous difficulty with that. And it goes to their, look, there's an existential angst. There's no question about it for people who don't believe that anything comes after this life. You see, in a lot of the red states, the attitude was among people, including much older people, including those who are at high risk was, I don't have that much time and I don't have that much time left. I want to live my life. Remember that in the early days? You know, back last April, last May, people were saying, yeah, I I, I can't give up. You know, I'm in my late 70s. I, I don't want to give up a year or two of my life locked away in isolation from my, my children, my grandchildren. I don't want to do that. And that was shouted. Oh, no, you shut up. The government's going to going to take control. The government's in charge. 
People talk about post-pandemic PTSD. I have post-Fauci PTSD at some level. I mean, I don't think I'm actually suffering from a mental illness because of it, but I do think that uh, this is something that's really stuck with me. And, and I know for some of you, you know, we, we've covered this issue a lot on the show, and, and I get your messages where you say, you know, okay, we, we, we get it with masks. We get it with your, your disdain for Fauci. This is central, and it's about much more than just masks and Fauci. Don't you see? This is about your, your underlying relationship between citizen and state. This goes to the heart of whether or not you have any actual rights, any real protections from the state and freedoms as an individual that the government cannot transgress. What we saw in this last year is that for a lot of people, the answer is no. That the government can decide it has a right to do effectively anything. That should be very troubling to you. And it's a reminder that even in America, with all of our fancy gadgets and, and our incredible prosperity and our ability to, to you know, start companies sitting on the couch that become worth millions or billions of dollars, I mean, all, all these things that are going on that are, seem just unfathomably amazing in so many ways, we could have a turn toward tyranny that destroys the most essential characteristics of our society, and it can happen in the blink of an eye. That's why I've been saying that this was all ultimately an advertisement for an armed population and the Second Amendment. Let me, let me explain to you why I feel that way. We had a virus that had a less than 1% fatality rate in this country, and people were, there was mass, mass hysteria, there was pandemic, trauma, and that, that, that made it psychologically impossible for a lot of people to make reasonable decisions. And the government was shutting down churches. The government was telling people they had to stay in their homes. And there, was, there were even considerations among some. There were people who were experts who were saying we should have full-on you know, Chinese or Australian-style lockdowns where you're forced to stay in your home for weeks and weeks at a time. That was for a virus with a less than 1% fatality rate. The actual fatality rate for the Spanish influenza of 1918 was more like 5%. And in the second wave, it went after, specifically went after 20 to 40-year-olds, and they never even really understood why. But people would die. They would get the Spanish flu. They would die in a matter of hours from the onset of symptoms. Young, healthy people. How hysterical and tyrannical do you think the lockdowners would get if we were faced with anything even close to that. Do you think they would hesitate to lock you in your home and not understand why that's just not their right? Do you think they would hesitate from using the force of the state, using armed men paid by the government to make you comply, to take away your freedom, to lock you in a cell, to lock you in quarantine, to maybe even use lethal force if you refused? I, we've been through a stress test with this pandemic as a people, and not all of us, but a big portion of the American people failed. And we need to be honest about that. When you spend a lot of time in the great outdoors, you know Mother Nature doesn't always play nice. S.A. Company has all the protective gear you need to brave the elements and explore more every day, like their multi-use face shields. UPF 30, lightweight and breathable, they come in dozens of eye-catching designs for the entire family, 
perfect for your next outdoor adventure. Look, the SA face shields have such cool patterns. I've got one that's got an American flag design. I love it. And they're meant for outdoor activity. Friends, understand, this is not about COVID. This is about making sure you keep dust out. This is about having a gator that's really comfortable, that looks cool, that you can wear anytime, at the range, out in the woods, or just walking around outside doing work, right? There are over 10 ways to put this to use. Face mask, bandana, neck gator, so many more. So how have you been wearing yours? Well, you got to get one first, right? SA Company also gives back to the men and women who put themselves on the front lines every day. Through their partnership with Operation Gratitude, SA Company has donated over 100,000 face shields. With every order, they donate one face shield to first responders. Right now, SA Company is offering an insane deal. Buy one face shield, get four free. $150 value for just $24.99. That's buy one, get four free. Just go to safishing.com slash buck to get five face shields for the price of one, plus a lifetime warranty and free returns. That's safishing.com slash buck. Well, and speaking of that, June 15th, big deal. Uh, paint a picture. What does that look like, June 15th? Well, we're right now at 1% positivity. It's been the lowest in the nation. It's been that way for almost two and a half, three weeks. Uh, we're seeing this blueprint where the vast majority of counties are in orange and yellow, and we're going to move beyond the blueprint on uh, the 15th of June. So just in a number of weeks, and that world looks a lot like the world we entered into before the pandemic. We're not wearing face coverings. Uh, we are not, uh, we're not, you know, restricted in any way, shape, or form of doing the old things that we used to do, save huge, large-scale indoor convention events like that where we'll use our common sense. But look, our vaccine numbers are still holding. 533,000 uh, shots in the last 48 hours. We're at 32, almost 33 million. We can keep that going. We're going to hear a lot of horns of enthusiasm because <laughs> we'll get out the other side. By June 15th, not wearing face coverings, they're saying in California. People are finally saying enough is enough. I think it's so interesting, too, that they say face covering. It has to be a mask, friends. If you're going to be even remotely, and as you know, look, is there anybody that you've heard that is more that is basically more anti-mask than me and has been all along? There's a handful that are as anti this nonsense as I am, but the point is, if if you think that you know having a like loosely draped handkerchief over your mouth is really doing a lot epidemiologically. I just don't even know what to say. <laughs> like, we're just, this is absurd. Airflow going above it, airflow going below it, spreading out of the air around you. There's no filtration. There's Anyway, it's so, oh, it's also, people are also, but like I said, it's not only is it so dumb, but there's a, there's a lunacy involved here. There's pandemic PTSD. It's real. And why is Gavin Newsom taking this position now, though? Ah, yes. This is important. It's not because Gavin Newsom is such an honorable fellow who understands that he was being a lockdown lunatic for so many months. It's that recall, baby. We all know that Newsom's not long for the governor's uh, mansion if, if this continues. So what's a good way to get people to stop thinking you're a you're an authoritarian psycho um, putting in place or removing after having in place? the strictest mandates in the country that, I mean, he should feel like an idiot. He should feel like a fool because he is. He's a fool. They shut down outdoor dining, my friends. 
after telling people outdoor dining will always be fine. They shut down outdoor dining in California. No benefit, no benefit from it whatsoever. None. Zero that they can point to. And then, as we know, Gavin Newsom went to French Laundry and did his whole thing. I mean, he's he's such a perfect politician for California. He's like, you know, I look good in a suit and I kind of just have this kind of gravelly, breathy thing going on and a lot of gel in my hair. And I'm just here to tell the great people of California that this is my best angle. You know, is it, so this guy really should be like a soap opera actor. But instead, he's Gavin Newsom. I know. It's it's remarkable to see his fall from grace. It's great, though. It's great. Uh, I, I can't tell you how happy I am that this clown is going through what he's going through right now because it shows that even in California, which has been overrun by leftist lunacy, there is still some, albeit small, some hope of accountability for bad decision making. Is there any in this White House? Not yet. But people are starting to figure out that there's some funky stuff going on. Andy Slavitt, for example, is out there being asked. He's a senior advisor on COVID response this White House. And journos are asked. I actually think some of the journos are curious about this because they're now finally able to put it together. Oh, my gosh. Biden and a lot of these senior Democrats masking really is the MAGA hat for them, for the left. Masking really is a symbol of politics to them. Like, you know, they were ignoring it in the past or they couldn't believe they couldn't bring themselves to believe it. It's very much true. Andy Slavitt asked about this play, too. You're the vaccine guy. You're not the mask guy. Uh, but part of getting people vaccinated is to tell them that their lives will be different, changed better if they get the vaccine. There was this Oval Office meeting yesterday with the president and the leaders of Congress. Everyone in this room has been vaccinated. So why were they all wearing masks? And what message does that send? Well, look, I think people who've been vaccinated are, are starting to get a little bit impatient with um, what can I do? Um, you know, can I go indoors? Can I take masks off, et cetera? And I think the CDC is getting there step by step. So right now you can do pretty much everything outdoors without a mask. You can do everything um, indoors if you're around vaccinated people with, without a mask. So I think, why you know, were they I, all wearing masks in there yesterday? Well, I don't think that you know, I'm not sure that the president is the average uh, person. I, I personally think there's a lot of protections around the president. Why does he need lots of Secret Service agents? Why does he why do they? you know belt and suspender everything with the president because he's a very important person and i think you shouldn't take your your mark just by what you see in the oval office i think most people if you're indoors around other people that are vaccinated the cd says it's okay um and i think you should listen to the cdc on that uh what the heck was that did you, did you hear this moron i mean just I, i'm playing the audio for you so you can hear yourself well you know the president has secret service protection so yeah, that's to stop lunatics from trying to assassinate the president. It has nothing to do with COVID, right? The Secret Service is not trying to karate chop viral particles in the air. They're not carrying around submachine guns because of the possibility of some spittle from an aide, you know, becoming aerosolized and finding its way into Biden's, you know, nasal pharyngeal, whatever you call it. Nasopharynx, I believe. Yeah, one has nothing to do with the other, but he doesn't have an answer because you know what the real answer is? 
because I think Biden himself might be suffering from some degree of pandemic PTSD. I think for a lot of people, this the face covering was a security blanket for them and it was a symbol to them. And they could wear this thing and think I'm a good, smart person who listens to the science. And that was after a while, not only something that they they needed, but they enjoyed. I'm just going to say it. I think there are libs out there who enjoy this craziness. They like the not not the pandemic, but they like mask conformity. It's a show of mass solidarity with government mandates and policy. If we can get everybody to wear masks, we can get everybody to lessen their CO2 footprint. If we can get everybody to, to wear masks, we can get everybody to hand in their firearms or else. Right. Collective action, the moral equivalent of war. Take it all the way back to the origins, the earliest days of mass propaganda in America with the advent of, yes, radio in World War One. And you have a very, a very clear connection in the messaging of the moral equivalent of war. Everyone has to move together and do what the state says. And we're all in this. And, you know, don't be don't be questioning. Don't be an outsider. There's a lot of comfort, far too much of it among Democrats on this issue. And. They I think they've really acclimated themselves to a world in which the government can restrict your physical comfort and freedom in whatever way it deems necessary, just based upon the fact that you're a human being who needs oxygen. And that's why Andy Slavitt, who's supposed to be an expert on what's going on with covid response and the vaccine specifically, bumbles like a moron on national TV when he's asked, why is old man Biden vaccinated, surrounded with the vaccinated and still wearing a mask indoors? Why is he doing it? Well, it's the same answers you get when they ask, why is old man Biden wearing a mask outside, even though he's vaccinated? The chance of him getting covid and it being a severe event, even if he were to get it, is is something that should be ignored. But he won't do it because it was never about listening to the science. It was always about controlling you.